Go to the book of Psalms, chapter 37. <clears throat> Psalm 37. And we're just going to take a look at one verse and get right into the message here tonight. Psalm 37. And look down with me in verse 4. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Psalm 37 and verse 4. Let's, let's read the verse together out loud in unison. Psalm 37, verse 4. Let's read it together. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we're so thankful that we serve a good God, a God that we can praise, a God that, uh, Lord, we, we can praise you over and over and over again because you've been so good, so gracious, and so merciful to us. And Lord, tonight, as we take a look at this, uh, a continued look at this issue of desires, help us to see how proper desires are developed and uh, how we can feed the right ones and stop the wrong ones from taking over in our life. We ask God that, uh, I ask you, Lord, that you would give me the wisdom, give me the discernment to know what to say and what not to say, and most of all, to let you have your will and way in this message tonight. Father, uh, may you be lifted up, may you be glorified in all things, and uh, we just ask God that you'd help us to turn right around, give you the praise and the honor and glory for what you do in our hearts. Speak to us this evening, we pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this morning we, we looked at, at uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and saw that, that uh, there were certain things that had to be gotten rid of before uh, and dealt with before we could have the proper desire for the, for the sincere milk of the word so that we can grow thereby. And so we began to look a little bit at desires. Tonight, I want to spend some time just looking at, at, at how our proper desires developed. And, and the reason why is, the truth is, we all got them. We, we've all got desires. Uh, some of those desires are good ones. Some of those desires are bad ones. Well, you don't want the bad ones to control you, and you want the good ones to control you. But how do you develop the proper desires? You know, one of the things that, that uh, I've noticed is that our desires will move God. For instance, it says, it says in verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When we delight in him, uh, he turns around and, and has the desire to fill our desires because the desires are in the right place. <clears throat> and so desires move God, but they also move us. In other words, if you have a, a very small desire and a very overpowering desire, guess which one wins? The overpowering desire usually is the one that wins. So we're going to take a look tonight at, at how our how our proper desires developed. And just like anything else, really, in the Christian life, it always starts with attitude. It always starts with attitude. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 10. You're in Psalm 37, just back up a little bit. Go to Psalm 10 and look with me down in verse 
17. Psalm 10, verse 17. It says, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Now, again, uh, desires cause God to move, and particularly the desires of a humble heart, the, the attitude that's necessary in order for us to, to have proper desires is to first have proper humility. And the Bible says if we, if we come to him with a humble heart that he, he hears and he even prepares our heart. Um, one of the things that, the, the, the older I get, I think the, the more I, I, I am able to comprehend and grasp onto this concept that without, without him, I can do absolutely nothing. According to John 15, Jesus was telling his disciples, he said, without me, ye can do nothing. In other words, anything that's going to count for God has, has got to come through his power and through his grace. And we're, we're totally dependent upon him. Now, we often say that, but oftentimes it's just, you know, it's just we know that's the right thing to say. But the truth of the matter is, we do totally depend upon him. Uh, you know, we saw here just a, a couple of weeks back where a young man was on a, on a, playing a football game uh, in Buffalo and all of a sudden killed over uh, because of heart problems. Uh, you know what? Uh, he, he was doing fine up until that point, and boom, just like that, uh, he, he ended up killing over. Well, the, the truth of the matter is that could happen to any one of us. Uh, our lives are in his hands. Without him, we literally can do nothing, and we are totally dependent upon him. Uh, if, if, if that's true, then when, when's the last time, and I believe it is true, and I don't think there's anybody in here that would disagree with that. When was the last time you asked him for help? When was the last time you said, you know what, I can't, I can't handle this life on my own. I can't handle this task on my own. I can't handle this decision on my own. God, if you don't help me, it won't get accomplished. And it is so absolutely important for us to understand what our standing is before God. The uh, Bible says, says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, uh, not, not only can other people not know my heart, but the truth is I probably don't even know my own heart. Uh, some of the stupidest advice, you hear this all the time on these, these uh, you know, syrupy, romantic, Hallmark type of movies, uh, just follow your heart. That is the stupidest advice that you can give somebody because the heart is deceitful above all. Why would you want to follow a liar? <laughs> you know, why would you want to follow someone that it will deceive you and take you down the wrong road? Uh, you know, and, 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 and if we're honest about it, we know that because our heart is deceitful, we probably, we probably uh, are deceived about our own spiritual condition. Uh, we're extremely, as, as individuals, we have a tendency to go to the extreme of being self-centered, of being prideful. That's probably one of the, one of the, the biggest battles that we have is the, the battle of against pride and, and staying humble before God. 
Psalm uh, 38 and verse 9 says this. It says, all my desire, Lord, all my desire is before thee. In other words, he knows. He knows what you're battling. He knows what, what desires are right. He knows what desires are wrong. And, and he knows the struggles that we have staying on, on the right path. Uh, there's, there's some questions that we can ask ourselves when it comes to humility. To just, to just see, really, how humble am I before God? Ask yourself this. How many times have you thanked God for the things that he has allowed you to accomplish? Last time you, you accomplished something, did you take credit for it? Were you silent? Or did you verbally give God the credit, the honor, and the glory? Uh, second thing, do you welcome criticism or secretly resent the one who, who gives it? Have you ever gone up to someone who has criticized you or said something that was, was negative about something you're doing or, or some way that you act or whatever, and, and say, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I did not see that before. And, and I mean, you're honest about it. You're not, again, you're not just going through the motions because, you, well, that's the right thing to do. Uh, you do that because, because uh, you, you really are grateful for the fact that someone pointed out a fault that you could take care of. Uh, or, or do we just complain do we, uh, about, about folks that are like that? Or do we just simply, simply fight them or trying to change them or ignore them? Um, one, of the, one of the best illustrations of proper, uh, proper response to criticism was when King David was forced out of his kingdom by his son Absalom. And as he was leaving, a fellow by the name of Shemei cursed him and threw dust clods at him and berated him publicly. And this is, this is what, what David said in, in uh, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 16. He said this, because one of his guys wanted to go take a, take a sword and just lop his head off. He just wanted to take care of him. He says, look, I'll take care of this guy. And he said, no. He said this, he said, let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. You know what that was? That was a humble heart. One thing you got to give David, uh, David did, did some terrible things, and David made some wrong decisions. Now, honestly, we all do. But one of the things he had before God was a humble heart. He had a humble heart. And in the New Testament, when God's looking backwards at the Old Testament, and he says this of, of David. He said, David was a man after mine own heart. What, what, a, what a commentary on, on a man's desires. His desires were in the right place because first and foremost, he was humble before God. Uh, how do you feel when, when another Christian has failed? Uh, you know, do you look at that and say, well, I told you so? Do you, uh, do you get disgusted? Do you feel vindicated because you saw it coming? Uh, are you pleased or are you grieved? Because God's grieved because, because of what that person has done. And you're grieved for them. You're, you're, you're grieved for the cause of Christ. Um, are, you, are you unwilling to allow others 
to help you with a project because you know you can do better with it on your own? Or are you willing to bring others in and let them have some input? Uh, you, you, you know, sometimes we just don't, we don't want to, we don't want to share the praise or share the achievement with somebody else, and that's pride. Um, another, another question you could ask yourself is, whose reputation are you most concerned about? Are you concerned about your reputation the most or Christ's reputation the most? And, and all those things are things that affect our pride, and, and a, a humble spirit is the first thing that we need to have when it comes to our desires. If you want the right desires, you've got to be humble before God. All right, so what, what, are, some, what are some things that we should desire? Take your Bibles and, and turn with me to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Psalm 19 and verses 8 through 10. Psalm 19 verses 8 through 10 says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. He's talking there about the words of God, and he says the words of God are something that we ought to desire. We ought to desire them more than money. We ought to desire them more than success. We ought to desire them uh, more than riches. Uh, in other verses of Scripture, it says that we ought to desire uh, the words of God more than our necessary food. Um, you know, which, which do we really desire the most? What is our top desire? And is our top desire to learn from God, to desire the words of God, and to have God speak to our hearts so that we can know what direction to go in our lives? Uh, desires won't change until, until we admit that the present desires that we have are wrong. Uh, we have to come to God and be honest because the Bible says our desires are before him. Uh, we, we read that here just a moment ago where it said that his, all of our desires are before God. He knows what our desires are. So because of that, we need to be honest before him. If we've got some wrong desires, we need to confess those wrong desires. And then as we saw this morning in 1 Peter 2, 2, 2 it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Uh, you, you know, we need to have a desire for growth, and that'll, that'll cause you to want to have uh, and, and desire the Word of God. Another thing that we ought to desire, go with me to Proverbs 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Boy, this is something that is much lacking today in society, period. But unfortunately, it's also lacking in a lot, of, a lot of Christians' lives. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11 says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. In other words, on the top of our list of desires, one of the things we ought to desire is to have wisdom. And wisdom is just seeing life 
as God sees it. Not through our own human eyes, but through God's divine eyes. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, look down in verse 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, it says, wisdom is, is supreme. Wisdom is number one, and then the number two is, is understanding. Once you get the wisdom, then you need an understanding to know how to use that wisdom that God has given to you. But that's something that we, that we need to desire. Uh, Romans chapter 16, and ver in fact, let's just turn there. Romans 16, 19. Romans 16, 19. The Apostle Paul is closing out the letter that he wrote to the, to the Romans. And in Romans 16, 19, he says this. He says, for your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. He's saying, listen, you need to, you need to have wisdom, but it's on the good stuff. Be stupid about the evil stuff. You don't need to know all the junk and all the garbage and all the sin and all the debauchery that's out in this world. Uh, you already know that it's there. You don't need to know all the details. And God says when it comes to, when it comes to uh, wisdom, it's wise to know the things that are, that are good things. Uh, another thing that we uh, need to desire, go with me to Mark chapter 9. Matthew, Mark, second gospel, chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. This is Jesus speaking. He says, it says, and he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, what was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? Because they were kind of arguing back and forth. And verse 34, but they held their peace, for by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. The thing that we ought to desire is to, to, to be a servant. And we shouldn't desire position. We ought to desire opportunities that we have, that we can have to be able to be a blessing, be a help to others. That ought, that, that ought to be a number one desire in our heart. I have, over the years, I have, I have watched people whose desires are not service, but it's position. And, and uh, that doesn't ever end well. I've never seen it end well in any case that I've ever seen. Uh, God wants us to have a desire, and that desire is, is to be a servant. And, and again, what that takes is that takes humility. That attitude has got to be there. And then the, the, last, the last thing, and there's, there's many other things we could desire. This isn't an exhaustive list by any means. But go with me to Romans chapter 10. Every time I read this, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by the heart of the Apostle Paul. Because if you really grab a hold of what he says, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a real strong desire that he had to see Israel saved. Uh, 
Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, and yet every time he went into a new city, you know where he went first? He went first to the synagogue. Now, he knew, he knew that his, his calling was first and foremost to the, to the Gentiles, but he also had a heart for his own people, and you'd expect him to have that. And in verse, in verse 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And in other places, he said that he would, he would be accursed for, uh, by Christ in order for Israel to be saved. That's how badly uh, he had a desire to see his people saved. So these are, these are some things that we can desire, and these are some things that are right desired. Now, the, the, the bottom line question is, how do, you, how do you develop those right desires? How do the, the right desires get developed and get nurtured in our own personal lives? Take your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy 7. I have heard folks and probably even said it myself in the earlier years, you know, I just can't help myself. Well, I, I, that's just the way I am. That's, uh, you know, that's just the desires that I have. Well, honestly, when we talk like that, we're saying we're not, we're not responsible for what we desire. We are responsible for what we desire, and God makes that very, very clear. In Deuteronomy 7, and verse 25, look with me down in verse 25 of Deuteronomy 7. It says, the graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. He's talking to Israel. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. He's talking about when they go in and they, they uh, take over a, a city in the promised land, uh, he says, be careful of the, of the silver and the gold and the, the idols and so forth. And he says, don't desire them. Well, the truth of the matter is, uh, there were times when they allowed their desires to go in that direction and they did desire them. Now, now here's the bottom line. God, what God's saying is, your desires are under your control. Don't use the excuse, well, I, I just couldn't help myself. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Uh, you could control that, and, and God never holds us accountable to, over that which we have no choice or power. He never does. So if he says, listen, don't desire these things, then we, we, we can control those desires, and we can develop the right ones. How do we develop the right ones? Well, first of all, and we won't go back there, but the, the Bible tells us over in Psalm 37, 4, that's where we started, uh, delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. First thing we need to do is we need to delight in God, delight in him. Uh, that means that he becomes our joy. He becomes our life. Apostle Paul put it this way, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Uh, what you enjoy is what you desire. The more you enjoy something, the more you'll desire that thing. The more you enjoy God, the more you'll enjoy. The more you enjoy God, the more you'll de desire Him, uh, and you'll have the right desires. Uh, you, you think about that. Um, 
Think of, of people that, that you know or have met over the years and the ones that you enjoy the most. The ones that you enjoy the most are the ones that in most cases you, you know the best. Um, it, I was thinking about this. In fact, I was thinking about this just before he called today. Uh, Brother Randy King, I told you, he called me about 10 minutes before the service. And we have really developed a, a good relationship. Not that we had a bad one before, but we haven't. But uh, we've just gotten closer and closer and closer over the years through phone calls and text messages and, and uh, him coming to our church once a year. I just, I just I get a kick out of him. I, I just really enjoy him. I appreciate his friendship. Um, we, we lived about an hour away from each other for about 15, almost 15 years. And we went to his house, and I think he came to ours a few times, and, and, um, but not very often. I really didn't know him as close as we were in proximity geographically. Didn't know each other as well then as we do now. And, uh, and, and I really in, in just totally enjoy him. I got a kick out of this. He he, uh, uh, this, this has gone on for about two or three months now, <clears throat> where uh, about a couple, three months ago, he, he said, listen, he says, I don't have record. I don't have record of the uh, messages that I preached, and I always put down a record of the messages that I preach at a church. And he said, for some reason, he said, uh, he said I just... I, I just don't have a record. He said, it must be we've ju we just enjoyed being together so much, I just forgot about that whole thing. And I got thinking about that. You know, sometimes that, that does happen. You enjoy being with someone so much that you forget about some of the other things that need to be done. Well, that, that, you can have that kind of joy in God, but you got to spend time with him. You, you've you've got to put an effort into it. And, uh, and, and you've got to get... To know him, you can't enjoy someone you don't know. You've got to take the time to get to know them, and that's that's true with God. God's an enjoyable person to be with. Uh, you, you know, you're with you're with the Lord when you read His Word. You're with the Lord when you pray. Uh, the Lord Jesus said He'd never leave us and never forsake us. We take Him everywhere we go, and and uh, the, that kind of love for Him will affect your desires. You know, the very first time I, I saw Psalm 37.4, it said, uh, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. All I saw was that last phrase, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I thought, hot dog, that's a blank check. Whoa, you know, you can come to God and just ask him for anything. But what I didn't realize, and, and I was young in the Lord when I first found that verse, but what I didn't realize was what preceded that. Delight thyself also in the Lord. When you delight yourself in God, you're not going to have inordinate desires. You're going to have the right desires because, because you're delighting in him. And when we, we de, when we delight in him, God straightens out our desires. Your desires will be transformed. Another, another way we can we can uh, uh, develop right desires not only by delighting in God, but fearing God. Go to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. In Psalm 145, 
Look with me in verse 19. Psalm 145, verse 19. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and, and will save them. Uh, one of the things that will develop the right desires is fearing God. What is the, what is the end of wrong desires? Uh, it, it's good to, to examine the end of those who, who, who put God not, not just at the bottom of the list, but even put God second. Uh, the Lord says uh, that, that all of the commandments can be wrapped up into two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. If you're loving him with all your heart, you got him number one. He's never number two, three, four, or five. He's always number one. But if he's not number one, you know, we think, well, well, at least he's on the list. No. And God says, listen, you need to make me number one. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. You're going to have difficulties because your desires are going to be wrong. They're going to go in the wrong direction. Um, in the, in the scriptures over in 2 Chronicles 15 and 16, it talks about a king by the name of King Asa. And King Asa started out with the right desires. And because he started out with the right desires, he ended up going down the right road, doing the right things. But then he turned and he ended up having the wrong desires. And his end was he died of a foot disease. Man, you don't want that. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that if you've got foot problems, that's because you've got sin in your life. I'm not saying that at all. But in his particular case, God brought that into his life because, because he, his desires were in the wrong place. He started out right. He ended up wrong. Uh, you look at the desires of, of Samson. And Samson you know, shows up in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Faith Hall of Fame, and he's commended for his faith. But he had some wrong desires. He desired the wrong women, and he had some pride in his life, and, and, uh, and, and those, those kind of things got a hold of him. One of the things that, that, that uh, uh, can keep you straight in, the, in those areas is just having a healthy fear of God and realizing that, that one day we're going to give account of all of our words, all of our thoughts, all of our actions. And, and uh, uh, if, if we have a fear of God, uh, that will be one of the controlling factors of the desires of our heart. Another, another controlling factor, and we looked at this this morning, but we're going to look at it again just very briefly. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two and verses one and two. First Peter two verses one and two. Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Um, we need to, in, in order to develop the right desires, we need to repent of those attitudes that are in us that are contrary to proper desires. Things like malice and guile and hypocrisy and envy and evil speakings. You go over to James 
uh, chapter 1 and verses 19 through 20. And he says to put away anger. He says put away all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Uh, any, any sin that is in our lives will cause our desires to go the wrong way. And that's why it's so important for us to, to keep short accounts with God. As soon as you're aware of something, that's one of the reasons why we give an invitation at the end of a, of a sermon, is, is if God has spoken to your heart about something, you don't want to sit on that thing. You don't want to just push that thing off to the side. You want to, you want to get that thing right. You want to get serious with God right now, get rid of that thing, and, and confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you want that thing taken care of so that the right kind of desires can be developed rather than the wrong ones. And then, then the, the, the last thing is uh, one of the ways we can, and, and this is really, really so relevant today uh, in, in light of the modern technology and so forth that we have, we need to make sure we're looking at the right stuff. Look at the right things. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy 21. Deuteronomy 21. Deuteronomy 21 and verse, uh, verse 11. Well, let's see. Go, go, go with me up to verse 10. It says, When thou goest forth to war against thine enemies, and the Lord thy God hath delivered them into thine hands, and thou hast taken them captive, and seest among the captives a beautiful woman, and hast a desire unto her that thou wouldest have her to thy wife. What caused you to have that desire? You saw her. You saw her. Uh, what we see affects what we desire. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to, to Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. And this is, this is the account of, uh, of Achan. And uh, Achan is caught because he partook of the accursed thing. He took uh, some, 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 uh, some garments, he took some gold, and he wasn't supposed to take any spoil from, from Jericho. In verse 20, it says, uh, and, and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of, of 50 shekels weight, and I coveted them and took them. So he saw them, he coveted them, he took them. Now, I realize there's, there's things you cannot, uh, there's times when you can't avoid seeing certain things, but you don't have to look twice. You don't have to linger on your look. You can immediately turn away. That's a choice that you have. And again, that just shows that we're in control of those desires. And, and uh, it says he saw, and because he saw and he lingered, he coveted, and then he took those things. And uh, uh, that, that is what, what led him to, down the, ro the wrong road, and it, it, would ca it caused the wrong desires to, to, uh, to control 
his actions. Go with me to the book of, uh, well, I'll just read it to you. Lamentations chapter 3, 50, verse 51. And this is in a, in a, a negative sense, but it's, it's just a, a true, um, within context, it's, it's spoken of negatively, but it is, a, it is a true principle. It just simply says this, Lamentations 3.51 says, My eye affecteth my heart. It affects it for good. It affects it for evil. Uh, what you see will affect uh, what your desires are. And, and so we need to be very, very careful of what we, what we look at, what we linger on. Uh, Lot, because he went down into Egypt, uh, which uh, Abraham was not told to go down to. There was a famine in the land, and rather than wait for God's instructions, he just took off to where the famine was not, which was down in Egypt. While he was down there, Lot got to see all the opulence. He got to see all the riches. He got to see all the, all the things that they had. And so when given an opportunity to choose what land, Lot said, I'll let you choose first. And uh, he, it says he, he went toward Sodom because Sodom reminded him of the well-watered plains of Egypt. Uh, he had seen that, he had gotten a little taste of it, and now he's got a desire, and you know the rest of the story. God had to go in there and rescue he and his family uh, out, of, out of Sodom because he was about to burn the place to the ground. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, look in verses uh, 19 down through 23. Matthew chapter 6, and verse, verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Basically what he's saying is it's, it be careful about what you gaze at. What you look at will become what you desire. Now, the, 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 the bottom line is, is, is simply this, and we talked about this this morning. We need to, we need to, to, uh, to feed the right desires in our lives, and we need to starve the wrong desires in our lives. And, and a great example of that, and with this I'll close, great example of that is that's one of the reasons why I, I am such a proponent of youth camp. Every year we take our juniors and we take our teens to camp. And we've, we've gone to more than one different camps, uh, more, more than one camp. But in, in each case, the camps that we pick are the camps where, where what they basically say is leave your phones Leave, leave the world, leave your TVs, leave your radios, leave your CDs, leave all that stuff behind, and let's develop for a whole week a desire for right things. That, that really is one of the, 
the main thrust of youth camp. One of, the, one of the first things I did before I actually entered into the ministry after college was to spend, in fact, it was the year that my wife and I got married, I spent an entire summer uh, at a youth camp, and I was a, I was a counselor at the camp. That was the very first, first year that the Circle 7, uh, that is not in existence anymore, but it used to be just uh, south of Honeyoy Lake, um, uh, was in existence. And, and I watched it over and over and over again, kids that came from rough backgrounds, kids that came from places where they, where they had access to just about anything they wanted, they, all that stuff was taken away. And I, I actually saw kids change over, over the, just that short period of time, just from a, a, a Monday morning until a Saturday morning, just basically five days, and, uh, and, and they changed. Why? Because their desires changed. And God says that we are accountable for the desires of our heart. What are you doing to make sure those desires go in the right direction? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the fact that not only do you make us accountable for things like our desires, but then you tell us how we can develop them, how we can cause them to go in the right direction. And you give us the strength and you give us the power. Again, without you, we can't do any of these things. Uh, Lord, the thing that makes those things possible is the fact that we're saved, is the fact that we have our sins forgiven, is the fact that we, we have access to the power of the Spirit of God. We have access to the principles of God in your book. And uh, Lord, uh, that's why you say that we can, we can control what we desire. And if we delight in the Lord, you'll give us the desires of our heart because our desires will be pointed in the right direction. Lord, maybe tonight we need to not just repent of the wrong desires and admit that those desires are there, but also decide what am I going to do specifically to make sure that my desires head in the right direction and not in the wrong direction. Please speak to our hearts this, this evening and help us, God, not just to, to turn away from that which is wrong, but turn to that which is right and decide that we want our desires to please, to honor, and to glorify our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. God, please guide and direct in, in this invitation and may decisions be made this evening that will give you honor and glory. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's